we're back. Welcome to Abstractable. This is a podcast for the entrepreneurial spirited, the curious, the hungry, and people who want to learn a few things. We distill down the ideas from our favorite thinkers, the world's best thinkers in business, startup, psychology, uh, society, you name it. This is Abstract Chat number three by us, Ryan and Lockie. <laughs> That's it. So in the Abstract Chat, we generally talk about the last 10 episodes that have been and try and weave different ideas, uh, I suppose, from all the different books together. Um, so in this episode, uh, we talk about books like Shoe Dog, Lessons from History, American Kingpin, Fooled by Randomness and kind of what they all have to do with one another. Um, we explore themes from a lot about society and humanity and how they kind of blend through some of the business books we talked about. And we also talk about randomness and what startup culture has to do with dentistry. So one of the other things that we always do in these podcasts is we update everyone on what's been happening um, with us and with the, um, the pod in general. And so you can catch that towards the end of the episode. So don't forget, you can find full video of us talking on YouTube. Uh, and so check out our channel there. And we've got a website too at abstractable.co. So lastly, if you enjoyed the episode, we'd love it if you shared it with someone. Um, we really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the episode. Effectively, what you can take away is that breathing exercises, some are pretty good for you. Breathe through your nose, mm. not through your mouth. And the perfect breath is a breath through the nose for five and a half seconds. In. Oh, sorry. Make sure you yeah, get these facts Five right and a half here. seconds is the perfect breath. So you want to have about 5.5 breaths per minute, roughly, or something like that. So five seconds in, and then what happens on the out? You do whatever you want. Uh, is that five seconds? That's not, that's not right. That's not right. I was just trying to so give a bit of effect in the microphone. <laughs> yeah. So if your breathing sounds like that, go to a doctor. Read, read the book and snoring's not good for you. Yeah. If you can I, I've heard that, um, that. I've heard that some running coaches uh, – Maybe maybe there's a specific running coach that was famous for this. I'm not sure. But one of the techniques is to, you know, for their runners, you know, when they're doing laps or whatever it is in their training, is they will get them all to, you know, take a glass of water or, you know, a drink of water, fill up their mouth with the water and then say, you know, go for your run and I expect you to bring back all that water when – for when you arrive back so the point being you literally cannot breathe through your mouth when you've got a mouth full of water forcing them to breathe through their nose yeah that's that's pretty interesting isn't it yeah but Um, i think it's i think i think it's really good for your um your vo2 max and just you know how readily you are able to you know make oxygen work for you and not to mention the actual oxygen that you're getting into your body as you mentioned before, mate, I've also read stuff that people, you know, we, we're only using like 70% of our lungs or something like that. You know, some some percentage, the percentage is, is certainly not right, but there's a percentage of our lungs that just basically aren't being used. And as a result, 
um, a lot of the time our brains are starved of oxygen or the oxygen that they could be getting. And like some of the, we're talking about breathing exercises. You, if you, if you do a couple of minutes of, or even a minute of pump breaths in and out. So like, like that type of breathing, you'll get to the end of it and you'll feel high. Like you'll feel like on another planet and all you're doing is just breathing. It's, which is pretty pretty unbelievable, and so breathing breathing exercises are focused around a, a similar thing. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like f- five seconds in, five seconds out. Sounds like something everyone could benefit from. I think I'm going to give it a read, and we'll we might it might. Do you breathe through your nose much? I Can try to. I that? try to. I try to. But I actually. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. I used to have a deviated septum uh, when right. I was until I was I don't even know what age, uh, maybe like 18, 19 or something like that. I got um, like some some nasal surgery to fix that. And ah. prior prior to that, I I would get um, sinus infections like every second week, every month I was getting sinus infections. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was just a perpetual yeah. cycle. And Effectively, I remember getting the the surgery, and obviously straight off, you know, coming straight out the back of it, it's it's very shit because your mouth, your nose is just totally useless. But then, mm. you know, a month or two down the track, after your nose has recovered from the surgery, it was unbelievable. It was like I'd never actually breathed in my life, you know, prior to that. Amazing, and that would I, be a good feeling. And to to this day, you know, this is this is ten plus years on. Uh, I, I have never had a sinus infection again. Yeah, that's interesting. So they talk about that there's a lot of um, sort of ducts in the nose and around the nose that the air goes through and gets warmed up before it goes into your lungs. Mm. Um, and they also talk about because we don't chew as much as um, as sort of modern people, our face, our mouths have shrunk and our the space in our mouths has got a lot less too. Mm. That has a big effect on um, on your breathing and, and the health of your breath. So, yeah, pretty interesting. So tell me, uh, what are we doing today in our episode? Well, we're up to abstract chat number three. Doesn't and time fly? It, it flies. We That means that we've recorded effectively 30-plus episodes, which is, which yeah. is exciting, mate. That's Really cool, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't and feel like 30, but 30 is a lot. <laughs> it is. And we're not going to cheat today either. We're not going to talk about episodes that fell outside of the, the 10 brackets. So, Because I think I think the book Range has probably had mentioned in the last two <laughs> abstract chats, so it's not going to get even so, mentioned in this one. Okay, so, so now we're back on track. We're actually going to record this about the 10 episodes that we're releasing. So, so, so episodes that, 21 through to 30. Is what's yes, that's the rules. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, that shows our level of professionalism now has drastically increased. Oh, oh look at that. We've, yeah. We've become, we have become professionals now. Incredible. Um, so I guess that kind of uh, tradition in this these type of episodes now is to talk about the themes that have kind of been spun together through the last um, 10 episodes but also our favourite books from the last 10 episodes and why, and then a bit of update on us and what we've been up to and and what's happening with the podcast. So 
without further ado, I think maybe would it would it be worthwhile just sort of running through the names of the last ten episodes? I think that would be super valuable, mate. Um, just so All people right. know what we're actually talking about. See, this is this is this is, this is the prof- this is the professionalism. Oh, it's just so. so Imagine episode- what Adstat Track Ten is going to be like. Oh, oh my god! Episode twenty-one, Creative Curve. Episode twenty-two, Lessons of History. Twenty-three, Fooled by Randomness. I should actually be re- telling the author names as I'm doing this, um, but I won't. Just to keep it consistent. Episode twenty-four. Save it. Save it for Abstract Chat Four. Okay. Uh, twenty-four. American Kingpin. Twenty-five. Abstract Chat Two. Twenty-six. <laughs> Obstacle is the way. Twenty-seven. How to start a startup. Uh, noting that wasn't actually a book. That was a lecture series. Uh, Twenty-eight. How to win friends and influence people. Twenty-nine. Shoe dog. And episode thirty zero to one. Very cool. It's hard to pick favourite books because um, I've got a bit of Kevin McLeod about me on on um, on Grand Designs, where I just like I like them all. So Sorry, I had to work out who <laughs> Kevin McLeod was. You know, Grand Designs guy. And every Is time he leaves a- the Australian version or the uh, no, the it's British the British version. one. Okay. So every time he leaves a house, he loves it. It doesn't matter if it's like the worst build ever he'll he'll find something positive to say about it so i feel like that's kind of me with books i love of all the books i read there's Ooh. not many that i don't really um enjoy particularly if they make the episodes so picking a top two or three is pretty tough i'm not a uh an avid season to season follower like you of grand designs mate but the few episodes <laughs> that i've seen I, I remember getting to the end of the show and the guy I'm not sure if it's the British or the Australian version, would always leave this comment about it was almost like a two-sided thing, like he hadn't made a decision if he'd like the house or not. It must, it must oh, so you reckon Aussie. he sat on the fence? Yeah, he just sat on, sat in the middle. And, oh. you know, he's like, you know, th- these guys have embraced a new way of thinking about the the home and incorporating you know the grassy elements on the on the on the top of the roof yet will this impact them down the track with, with uh in-house dampness and mold and <laughs> probably and just leave these like open-end rhetorical questions at the end of the show and you'd, and then you'd never really off. worked out if he liked it or not maybe it was the, the, yeah, the other version that must be the australian one yeah because uh Ke- kev's pretty keen on on most of the houses he just walks loves into. everything it's like this is just amazing loves it yeah, yeah, and at least some, I love what you've done with this shipping speech container. at the end. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, anyway, what are your top books from the last ten? Okay, so and don't give us that wishy-washy answer that you just described. The McLeod, the McLeod answer. We won't we can McLe- go McLeod. We won't McLeod it. I like that. The McL- well, McLeoding it is actually talking about how good it is. So you would do want to McLeod it in this instance. Yeah, but you don't want to McLeod everything. No, you want to be honest. Yeah. But I like I like cloudiness. There's a bit of a pun in there. So anyway, let's leave that. Okay. So fooled by randomness, mate. Surprise, surprise. Nassim Taleb. A straight up. There's no wishy-washy in this. That was I don't definitely- think any of the... Any of the listeners will be particularly surprised by by that selection. No, and it also means that he's had had a mention in 
in this week's episode as well. Uh, very yeah. fitting. So For those playing Nassim Bingo at home just tick off uh, early. <laughs> tick off this episode. So <laughs> fooled by randomness, uh, obviously Nassim Taleb's first book in the Enchetto series and there's a few things that really grabbed me about this. So first of all, for anyone that hasn't read Taleb, his writing style is super entertaining uh, to, to probably to say the least. Not only is there, uh, you know, a lot of depth to the, to the actual thinking that goes on, or at least in, at least in my opinion, or probably, I'll probably speak for both of us, Lockie, our opinion. Um, but yes. Okay. But he, uh, he is extremely entertaining when he writes because usually he's, he's paying the shit out of someone when he's, when he's, um, talking about some of these things doesn't hold back. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no there's um, no bars held. Was there anything particular? I mean, there's a couple of key themes out of that book, but it's a kind of meandering book. There's no one topic really. Yeah, there's a lot of gold in there, though. Well, it's you know as the as the title describes, um, fooled by randomness. So the whole entire book is about random things and the prevalence of random things in in the world, in the universe, effectively. Uh, the things that really stuck out for me from that book were signal versus noise mm. and the fact that we need randomness. So diving into that a little bit more is, so signal versus noise really comes back to this idea that we, we become too consumed about things that are just noise. We spend too far, far too long focused on things that are noise. We give too much credit to things that are just noise. So for example, you know, the, the daily, the daily controversies that come out in the news are nothing but noise most of the time. Um, Maybe an exception to that rule that we've just all been through is is COVID and the reportings of COVID when that you know, first happened. Uh, no doubt, it's actually become probably more noise now uh, in the sense of of the news that's being reported on COVID. You know, it's yeah. like uh, things we don't really need to know about. And so he talks about so his background coming from finance is everything kind of is seen through the world of of um, the movements of markets and you know how that kind of reflects out into into the rest of the world and that's the reason the reason he was able to well, the reason he's a, he's, he says he's able to have come up with his ideas for the way the world works is because of just how fast things happen in the markets and how many iterations of things happens in the markets it gives you an opportunity to analyze many things that you may not be able to analyze in other places um, and get mm. a sense of that randomness. So he talks about that noise of the markets. So you know, every single day, people who are watching their stocks go up or down. You know, it's just noise. Most of the time, those movements are noise. It's not until you see something like again related to COVID, when the you know what is it a 25 percent drop in the entire market. That's not, you know, that's not noise. There's there's some signal going on there. There's some real yeah. impact happening there. So, I mean, how does that idea percolate through the other episodes? I mean, I can see it 
straight away makes me think about the How to Start a Startup series and um, some of the stuff we talked about in that episode around luck and and um, and randomness. Probably as well with um, I'm, inter- I'm interested Shoe Dog. to hear, hear why, mate. What, what's your thoughts on that? So what's your connection there? Well, I don't really – I don't want to back over what I talked about in the um, episode too much, but sort of around, I guess, you know, how much – what. what is your environment, you know, the stockbroker environment or the dentist environment? And um, that's something that stuck with me that I now carry around um, after the last 10 episodes that I've learned is that the system that you're playing in has a lot, a big impact on um, whether your success, whether you're more successful through your skill or your luck and and how much randomness plays into the environment you're in it's made me think a lot about um how that affects the industry that i work in 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 the infrastructure industry and construction and different parts of that are like stockbroking and other parts Mm. of it are like dentistry Mm. and the it's an interesting interplay there so you're gonna have any any you're gonna have any brash finger pointing mate for us today Oh, not at anyone in particular, but the, I think the whole industry could learn a lot about the idea of complexity and randomness, and would actually help it be more successful. So, I think I think the one that I yeah I think the one that I recall is um, you know this worked on the last project. This is this is the way it works, you know, or those type of comments. Well, the reason it worked on the last project is isn't just simply a matter. It could have been a simply a matter of luck, you know. And, and I think maybe you probably encounter this type of stuff more on the biggest, the biggest of the big projects because you encounter situations that may not have been encountered before, you know, in, in time. Well, yeah, the biggest projects are by their nature very interdependent and more complex. So the bigger the project in terms of if it's a complex project also and a lot of things are interconnected. And then you add more complexity by adding more systems and stuff that you have to do on top of it. You end up with this. You every time you do that, you move more towards stockbroking because you're introducing randomness into your environment. So, um, but that's a rabbit hole that perhaps some of our listeners will not uh, is very specific to construction. But you know, you can start to apply these ideas to your life in different ways. What area am I playing in? Am I is is the thing that I'm doing right now subject to a lot of randomness? And if it is, well, then I've got to I've got to have a good think about how I how I act. Well, there's mate, there's there's projects in every single industry, so it's exactly the same. I don't think there's really any difference between someone who's building software true. and someone who's building a, a bridge or a tunnel you know it's that's true the kind of as this project scales up into the billions of dollars the complexity just gets astronomical and and then you get the politics and all the other exciting yeah. elements that, that come with these projects and so i think that true. off the off the back of that he has a there's a phrase that he uses throughout the book which is pick your heroes wisely is kind of the yeah, it's kind of the round off of all of that. So think about who you look up to and and are they operating, you know, do you look up to them? You know, typically we'll look up to people that might be uh, successful or have particular character traits, but for the ones that are successful, have they been operating in that dentistry environment or that stockbroking environment? You know, and 
It's it's interesting that you say IT because I, I kind of feel like that has a lot of similar, um, I guess, uh, yeah, it seems to me that has a lot of similarities between construction in terms of the blowouts on the projects. So uh, there must be a lot of complexity in, in that, that field as well. I think that's projects, full stop. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah. the what's the what's the law, mate? Um, the law of expanding budgets and time. I don't know. You'd, what is yeah, it? There, there's a law. I can't. I can't recall the name. Anyway, there's there's some law that basically says you know whatever the size of the budget is, whatever the size of the the time we've allowed to complete this project is how how much it will cost and how long it will take, if not more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a negative asymmetry that goes with that. Correct. So what about um, what about other books, man? What else? Well, Do you want me to give I, you I think, one? I think, I think it's time for you to, you to uh, run with something. All right. Well, I think um, The Obstacle is the Way was one of my favourites. It was one that we actually recorded quite a long time ago, but made it into the 20 to 30 series mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a book that the tone of it is really um, is very, it talks at you, you know. I haven't read a book like that really. Have you read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius? I have, yeah. Yeah. I found it, I found it very, you know, n- not ironically, um, consistently it was written in a, or for me, it, it kind of sounded in a similar fashion to that. You know, that very stoic talking, talking at you, talking to yourself fashion. So he's talking yeah, about? It was, yeah, yeah. He's, he'd kind of ask you questions almost. Say, but you're not, you, but you're not like that. You think this way, you think that way when others don't and you're sort of like, oh, I do do that, you know. It's quite confronting, um, but just the very the very name of the book seems to be quite a good guide in and of itself. You know, the obstacle is the way. Move towards your issues um, and confront them. And his idea of sort of keeping moving. You know, um, it's okay to feel scared or worried or or what have you about whatever issues you're facing. Um, but you need to move into action and, and try and solve them, accept them that they are. And I think that uh, the realisation I had after reading that book was that I was sort of going through my day hoping nothing bad would happen, you know. So I'd wake up in the morning and go, and I still do this, but wake up in the morning and go, geez, I hope nothing, I hope no problems happen today. But the truth is that, there'll always be problems and that you have to kind of, if you start to accept that as a premise, some of the stress of worrying about what the next problem is kind of goes away. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's the very stoic, stoic way of looking at things, which is, you know, every moment is it's, is in itself. It's, you know, is everything. So um, you will encounter whatever it is that you encounter uh, you still have you, if that makes sense, and so you can you can choose to do whatever you want in each of those moments. I find it one 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 really interesting thing for me off the back of that book, mate, was um, there was there was very much like that action bias, 
but but it was wasn't action bias in the sense of just acting. I think you you also emphasised that like make the right action to some degree. Mm. Yeah, Which don't be we, careless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you know whatever situation you encounter, you you will be able to move through it and don't get hung up on whether you will be able to move through it or not. Um, but yeah, don't, don't go around flailing and, and um, you know, which sounds, it sounds like it's more acting on emotion than anything else. Yeah. You know, in that sense, it's like, there's been no consideration of, of this action. Yeah. Which is acting on yeah. emotion. But that, and that kind of comes to, if you haven't done the first part of that model, which is to accept what is true and bring, bring your uh, what you want to the situation and, and not try and kind of pretend it's it hasn't happened or what have you um, kind of accept reality and and make of make something good of it you know um, which depending on the situation might not always be possible you know uh, we are human so but yeah a very helpful book I, I really like this book so that was up that was one of my top ones yeah and um he's the he loves pumping out books and i think he's just released or is about to release another one called lives of the stoics right <laughs> which, which is probably now his what eighth or ninth or something plus book he's yeah. um he's a machine and he's what 30 isn't he 32 33 34 something like that that's cool um, what else? So a big bang for buck, if you will, from the the last 10 episodes is Lessons from History. It is by oh, yeah. far the smallest book that we, we read in the last, I think it's probably 100 pages in, in length. And it is, there is so much, so much in it. It is so dense. There is so much knowledge in it. Um, and there's there's like effectively the the joint work of a life partnership between husband and wife working on the same you know overarching life project together that has found its way into this into this book. And the very ability to 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 say that much so succinctly is an art. Almost. I I totally agree. Um, they've clearly written a lot, both of them. Yeah. You know? And, and the I fascinating th- thing about it was that when I read it, because I for the prep for the episode I read it and I'd read it a few years ago, maybe three, four years ago, I read it again. I was understanding things that I didn't understand the time before that. Um, when I first read it, and I'm sh- and there'll be stuff that I'll understand when I read it in ten years that I don't understand now. That's what's so interesting about it to me. Uh, yeah, I I I'm exactly the same. I, I've I've read the book twice now too, and the second reading, you come back to it, and there's so many different things. And you could look at you know if you if you you're looking at. Um, uh, if you're doing it in hard copy or whatever, then you've got maybe you might have your notes or some underlines and things. And you you look at those underlines that you've had and you're like, 
why why would I even underline this? Like this is obvious, <laughs> or this is you know this is this is yeah. basic basic knowledge. But the, the the reality is, at the time that you were first going through it, it was it wasn't. It was something that really grabbed you, and that is this book is definitely one of those books that I think you could come back to. I'm sure we'll come back to this in another ten years time, mate, and then it will be it will be drawing us in even more, and we'll be still saying, yeah. bloody. Bloody young Ryan, young Lockie. What were they thinking of underlining this bit of the book and writing this little <laughs> comment? Yeah. Um, anything in particular, like any themes from that one? That mm. I know it's such a dense book, but is there anything that you, you yes. want to pull out? Yes. So we are all destined to be human is is the big <laughs> is the big <laughs> summary. Uh of the book because they the whole book is broken up into you know different disciplines it's like uh history and politics history and economy history and socialism and all these other yeah is like 10 or 10 to 15 different bits it's broken up into and effectively you could round the entire thing off just saying you know we we haven't changed at all yeah, across mm. this entire length of history. And to think that we have or to think that we're more sophisticated now is just simply not true. Um, people are the same. And the only, the thing that has progressed, though, is society itself built off the back of the systems that we have in society. And But every single person that's born is born into... Uh, they aren't born in you know inheriting all this knowledge, inheriting all this culture, inheriting all these all this language, these beliefs, these understandings, the perspective they look at the world. That transmission needs to happen for every single person. And I think that was the yeah, you know, it seems very obvious, but until it's like pointed out to you, it's it's it, um, it's kind of a little bit hidden maybe to some degree. and and so what's really exciting is the fact that the systems that we have been able to build have allowed society to progress. So we're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants and those giants have been transmitted through the systems that we've got to, to enable society. So the political systems, the knowledge bases, the, you know, whatever, you know, now we're looking at technology. It's, it's looking, it's just looking at the world from such a, or humans and society from such a zoomed out lens, you know, it's at 10,000 feet and, and throughout time, you know, is an incredible, and it's kind of to prove your point about it, we haven't changed much. The book feels a bit like it was written, you know, five, 10 years ago. Um, it's pretty, and that goes to show it's a little bit timeless, you know, well, it was yeah, written. It was knowledge. written in the sixties or fifties. Yeah, fifties yeah. or sixties. So, not much. You couldn't say that about many many books. So, really, really cool book. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like you could place this book anywhere in time, and it's still just totally relevant. You know. Yeah, it it, it was almost like without it's not without bias, but it's looking at, at humans as an animal almost. And the only other type book I've read like that was Sapiens, you know. Mm-hmm. 
which hasn't had an appearance it, yet, it but it will one day. Felt very objective. Yeah. The my favorite my favorite quote from that whole book was nothing is clearer in history than the adoption of by successful rebels of the methods they were accustomed to condemn in the forces they deposed. So that's just uh, summarising uh, Animal Farm in, in one sentence. Correct, yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and, you know, that was a bold statement that they made and, you know, they have studied history, all, all of human history. And for them to come out with something like that is is quite quite interesting. Mm. And I think we I think we're seeing I think we're seeing quite a bit of that even today. So that that was in my top two as well. Lessons from history. Spoiler. Oh. So, so have you got anything else there? But. Have you got anything else to bring out, mate, from the book? Um, I think they were my two points that I added earlier. Really, just um, that kind of interesting timeless aspect and the the view from above is quite insightful uh, so i think but a special mention for me american kingpin absolute roller coaster of a book of a read or a listen and it's just a fun it's a really fun read even though it's a bit dark it's gripping you know and there's actually a lot to kind of learn from that too <laughs> Uh, yeah, fun. I I felt myself constantly on edge when I was re- listening to this book because you just like what was being constructed is is just crazy, you know. And it was always like something was about to just be unravelled. And but it was it was I it think was it was really stressful, just wasn't it? Really well well written book. Perhaps it wasn't a. Um- Maybe fun's not the word, right word, but it feels like you're watching a thriller, you know. Mm. But it's it really happened, and it becomes more and more absurd uh, the longer it goes on. That's it. Yeah, um, there was an uncanniness to the whole thing. It's incredible, um, and just yeah, the power of the internet is is an interesting thing. It kind of it's got some interesting comments on like say libertarianism and and those kind of things too, and. And trying to take those kind of concepts to the to their extreme. Yeah, well, let, that, that's very much uh, coming back to lessons from history, mate. There was there was yeah. big comments made about both, yeah, communism and about effectively libertarianism, and how they, you know, at the when they both get to the, you know, the extreme, the extreme ends, the into complete fruition, um, disaster happens, and that's exactly where yeah. you get that quote you know that favorite quote that i mentioned where they become the thing they set out to to um get rid of in the first place that's definitely something from lessons from history isn't it that you kind of need both sides and the tension in the middle of the two is what kind of creates a good society that they're both pulling and but you need them both so that you don't head to one end or the other too far otherwise and then if you do it's it course corrects through some very, very violent means. Yeah, typically um, a lot of people. And that's get kind of true in a. It's true in yeah. It's true in many cases. Like it's kind of true in, in business. You want partners who kind of have different views but have the same values, um, and then you kind of put you can push each other and have that healthy tension. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's a quite a cool concept that. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. The yin uh, and the yang. The yin and the yang, and maybe maybe the the antithesis to that entire book was was shoe dog. So this was a bit, <laughs> this was this was the story of Nike and Phil Knight, which seemingly so American Kingpin for me seemed like the ultimate grand master plan. Everything was everything. He knew where he was heading. He knew where he wanted to go, <laughs> yeah. and he he. I think he got to where he got to just because he's just, you know, obviously worked very hard, but also he was just extremely skilled. Everything was well-timed. It was, he'd marketed it, everything well. Shoe Dog is like, for me, the opposite of that. It was like the least planned thing that I'd ever, ever listened to. And I was almost shocked as to how much of a house of cards the entire organization oh. was forever. It's like if, awesome. if one if if there was like one false move or one wrong conversation had, you know, at the negotiating table, Nike wouldn't exist. And it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, that that story is just so cool. Uh, I loved that book because it felt very raw and honest, uh, and it kind of made you feel like that he's human too. I mean, not a lot of biographies are written in that amount of candor, I don't think. Um, I really felt like I was on that journey with him. Hey, with with American Kingpin, um, do you think there's something I read? Have you ever read the book Into the Wild? Uh, it's about no. a guy called Chris something and he basically. Is this Kerouac? Um, Kerouac, yeah, yeah, and he no, he went into it. the went into the forest and went on this giant adventure, <laughs> and ended up dying there. Um, spoiler, and <laughs> I love I love the spoiler alert after the spoiler. the The author goes on to sort of say that the reason he kind of wrote it is that he went through a similar thing when he was about Chris's age, kind of this post teenage years, or just like you know, early 20s, late teens, where he went on this grand adventure into Alaska and I think climbed this mountain. Forgive me, these details are a little loose but doesn't really matter and almost died climbing this ice shelf, you know, and he just had to do this kind of crazy adventurous thing. It was something that happens to some some people at, around that age and I wonder if that was the same for Ross in American Kingpin, that he this was his crazy adventure and now he's a little older. I just wonder how I'd be fascinated to hear an interview with him, um, which the, there isn't one. But um, I wonder if there is one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe one, one that really – I'd love one that just really, you know, a proper interview that he really opens up about how he feels about all that looking back. So. You need like an extended like – Joe Rogan episode or something with him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. fascinating, mate. But I think hmm. there's some people that they're always like that though. You know, I was actually yeah. thinking we shouldn't bring it up, but um, Yvonne Chouinard, just like going hmm. out on his rock climbing adventures and doing yeah. like multi-day rock climbs, like – yeah. Sleeping, sleeping halfway through a climb, I, I, it's, it's very. They're on a completely different level and wavelength yeah. in terms of like risk and and just 
you know, the, the thrill of adventure. Yeah, so good on them. Yeah. So we recently recorded a couple of episodes about Peter Thielen's Zero to One, so we haven't talked about him much in this episode because I feel like I've done it to death, but great book. Just want to put Zero to One, great book. Just want to put so, that in there. So I think I think we've mentioned about eight books um, so far, something like that. We clouded it. Yeah. We clouded it. I think, I think we had a... Um, I think one of the episodes was the abstract chat too. So we've only got one more book probably mate, to mention and then we've mentioned all 10. Well done. Good effort. Well, let's move on. So tell us what's been happening with uh, with us and the pod. Uh, okay. So something. what's exciting? So we have nearly clicked over 5,000 listens, 5,000 listens, uh, which is super, big- super exciting, mate. It's crazy. I'm, I'm amazed by that, and it's it's bloody awesome. I love it. Yeah, so. I, certainly, certainly. Um, uh, you know, we, we we love just seeing and hearing from from people that have been interested in the show, and um, it's always nice to hear that people are enjoying getting something out of it. So, yeah, thank you, yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening. I love it. I, yeah, thank you so much, and I love hearing. When people say, "Oh, I bought this book because of you guys," it's usually the Black Swan. Yeah, uh, it's it's usually a Nassim a Nassim book. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's really really nice. And I think I think that it's it's a bit hard to tell, but there's something in the vicinity of maybe sixty subscribers for the for the show overall. And um, we've got an increased increased audience outside of Australia now, which is, you know, that's cool. So it's not just us listening to the show anymore. Lucky. Is that sixty including uh, iTunes and stuff? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's yeah, just cool. a it's just a number that's like the combining th- of, th- of the multiple numbers. I mean, that's that's an exciting number for us too, right? Hugely, hugely. So, yeah. Oh, it's something to be proud of. I reckon it's awesome, but it's really something that we've got to thank other people for. So, mm. yeah. And anything else you want to mention about the show, mate? Well, just how much I'm enjoying doing it. Um, I'm still loving it. Every episode, I, I, I really enjoy um, recording and getting ready for it. Um, and I think hopefully we're continuing to improve over time and we'll keep trying to, uh, you know, iterate on the on the show and make it make it more interesting and better every every time we record well if there's something that we've learned across all the uh, all the episodes and all the uh, business and heroes journey books that we've touched on which is pretty well covers everything that we've touched on um, it's the iteration that yes that counts so and I think that'll hopefully continue in the future have you read Hero of a Thousand Faces. No, I do need to get into a bit of Joseph Campbell. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, I Pretty do interesting want to read that. Well, that's, a, that's a future episode. For sure, for sure. I think you've, yeah. I think you've spoken about that before. The um, it, That's one thing that's weird. Like I, um, I'm sure I'm repeating myself on a whole heap of episodes without realising it, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Like, uh, here's here's a really interesting thought that I've had. So I actually like in listening to other people's podcasts. 
you actually find that happens a lot. And people are typically repeating the ideas that they know best. And some Mm. shows are very much pointed in this direction, particularly if there's a real specific theme to the show. And so it's maybe something that I want to try and avoid doing, but I'm not sure if it's even going to be possible. Um, Because maybe eventually we always tie things back to our, our framework for reality, you know? We always, we always want a way to kind of thread it into the rest of rest of the story that we understand. But I think would, you could probably draw that through our episodes. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could just come up with the exact same kind of themes across the entire show. But I'm really interested to see how we can how we can like explore explore that. And I think maybe the way that you you do that is is by you know, the fact that each book is effectively covering a different space, a different area, there's there's opportunity for that. But there's always going to be the the kind of biased perspective that we have of linking it back to our own mental models of the world. Mm. So I guess yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. Part of the, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um hopefully part of this journey is adding new things to that mental model uh, that we can draw back on. So it becomes a bit more whole. So so, so Lockie, what's um, now happening in this in in your life for this post? What what are we in now? Are we in COVID era? Are we in post COVID era? What are we in? Definitely not post COVID. Uh, where I am in Melbourne, we're locked down. I haven't really been able to work outside of my house since uh, March. So, um, there was a period there where we went back to the office for a month or so, but that was about it. But when uh, when but is it going to be called post COVID? Is it when we get a, a oh, vaccine, we're, we're or is it or is it is it I, when we come out of I, lockdown? Is it what? I don't know. I don't know. It depends. What or is um, it when we forget about it and the next problem? Yeah, occurs. But uh, for, but for me, so that's that's been kind of an interesting experience working and living very much in one place, which I'm sure everyone's going through. Uh, but luckily I am still working and, and things are things are good on that front and um, things with the family are all good too. So not really too much to complain about if I just have to stay at home a bit, but it is an interesting experience. <laughs> some some good things, some bad things, I think. So. Yeah, I think that's a... Um... I think that's a repeated story, hope you know, mate, across um, many, many different people through this this time, and yeah. hopefully, you know, maybe maybe some great benefits have probably come from this strange, strange period. You know, picking up new habits or new ways of looking at things, or spending more time with family, uh, to name a few. So, particularly, particularly because we haven't maybe got an hour commute each each way on the way to work. Uh, yeah. to get to where you need to get. So, and maybe we might see and a big, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a big shift in, in organizations moving to more remote work where possible. And what about you? Um, you've been doing some uh, coding and some French learning. <laughs> I'm not stuff. sure about, <laughs> I'm not sure I've been doing the French learning, but um, <laughs> that's certainly something that I picked up in going back in lockdown it was always something i wanted to get into so learned some software development it's pretty cool it's i was always fascinated about seeing the world through that lens because i'd never really grasped it and it 
through ones and zeros through ones and zeros through the binary code and um i'm not sure i'm fully there yet but i feel like a lot of things click into place uh i think a lot of things make a lot more sense when you look at them now um that's cool so you're on a meandering journey yeah exciting uh, of knowledge of learning that's pretty pretty awesome I uh, <laughs> yeah that's it talking about uh, central mental model um, <laughs> and yeah for me i've been living kind of a slow life a quiet life at this time i think um, mm. while but work has been quite stressful at the same time so it's kind of strange <laughs> so well, exciting, exciting times, it. mate. Exciting times, and um, we'll see what see what see what holds for the uh, the next abstract chat. Hey, abstract chat four, where you'll hear about what episodes were there, and also the name of the authors. So watch out for that. That's going to be, be worth no waiting for. No McClouding about. <laughs> That's, That's going to see you later. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>